Hi guys, welcome back to Hoho. You're joined by your hosts Ian, Sophia, and Marie. And today we're very excited because we're trying out a new format for you guys today, and it's called the Bango format. <laughs> so if you guys are unaware what a Bango is, Bango is basically a big fly. The, the name for a big fly, like the way we remember, it is basically big langau, but. Now, you're, you're probably asking, like, why the heck would you name a format Bangal? Well, because this format stands for the fact that we often think about what would it be like if we were a fly on the wall in all of these major historical events, right? So we were thinking, what if, you know, what if your hosts could be like flies on the wall? You know, like we wouldn't have any input at all but we would be listening to these very important conversations and topics that were discussed. And we feel like not only would this provide a platform for a lot of these voices to be heard, but it would allow the most genuine and raw experiences to be shown as well. And so we're going to try it out today. If you guys like it, hit us up on Instagram, but we're very excited to give this to you guys and um, we hope it goes well. And today we're actually joined by three amazing people. Um, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I guess I'll go first. Um, hi everyone listening. Thank you so much for listening and joining us in this really important conversation we're gonna be having today. I'm Angelica, but you can just call me AJ for short and I'm FSAT's co-president. Hey guys. I'm Jade, and I'm actually part of the um, EPSAT exec team as well. I'm the social events coordinator. Hi guys, I'm Shai. I'm one of your co-marketing coordinators for the year. All right. Um, now with that being said, we're basically going to give you three the whole hour. Like anything that goes from here on out is yours. And we're very excited to allow you guys to speak so yeah so before fun. wait before we we like give them the floor we'll just um give a preface to what what this discussion will be about so um this discussion will basically uh cover the topic of mental health um and you know our guests will will take lead of the conversation so we don't know how it's gonna go but we we trust that they will take it where it's meant to go um, but before that, we just wanted to give a definition of what mental health is as defined by the World Health Organization. So it is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or, his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Um, we just wanted to, you know, put that out there so it can serve as a basis for the conversation that's about to happen. Um, so to start, um, for the three of you, what does mental health mean to you and how much do you agree or disagree or relate with the original definition given by the World Health Organization? Uh, I guess I can go. Um, to me, I, I agree with what the statement says I feel like it's this other the other half of your health other than your physical health which I say half and want to emphasize on that because it's just as equal to your physical health it's just as important 
and critical to focus on. And yeah, to me, it's something that's just a huge part of you that it makes you who you are and something that you need to take care of yourself, take care of for yourself. Um, For me, if I had to like define mental health, it's like my emotional well-being and like how I handle stress and how I like feel and how I think, Um, which means it's, um, it's normal and that everybody has it because I feel like when I was growing up I didn't realize that mental health is just like health it's like physical health right and it's as important to take care of mental health just the same as if you you know if you wanted to exercise and do yoga and stuff like that for your physical health um, but like I'm reading the question what does mental health mean to me like mental health is like super important to me because it's something I try to prioritize in my life. Like I need a healthy mind in order to be able to function. If I'm in a bad place, it kind of manifests in other aspects of my life, which I think like a lot of people can relate to. Like I tend to sleep more, I get lazy and unmotivated and stuff like that. So prioritizing mental health, um, will lead to better things in my life, like better relationships, a better work ethic, and stuff like that. So it's a very important, like, it's just, it's extremely important to me. Yeah, like, I completely agree. When I think of mental health, I think about your emotional and psychological well-being and, like, making sure that it's being taken care of just as much as your physical well-being. But I think the one thing I don't like about the um, two definition is the idea that mental health is a state of well-being because I feel like a state refers to like a specific condition that you experience at a specific time and I feel like mental health is something that you go through and live through like every single day it's not something that just happens like singly or maybe like a few times a week you carry it with you like everywhere you go in like everything that you do yeah right yeah that actually makes sense what you said it's it's a part of you it's it's who you are and something that you live with and you take care of it isn't really um a moment in time that just passes like a state you know yes um so from that and discussing the concept of what mental health is to us when did you guys first become aware of the concept of mental health because I feel like for myself it um, shouldn't have been this way, but it was something much more later in my life. And I feel like that's something that we might all be able to relate to. Um, I think I can attach it to a more cultural sense because um, I feel like in our culture, at least with my experience with the culture, mental health, of, as everyone knows commonly, and if you grew up from a non-Western, maybe even Western areas too, but very common in non-Western areas that mental health isn't really something serious. It's always um, what I always heard growing up, you just being ma'arte or dramatic, is it's not really your health compared to your physical health. Um, so me becoming aware of the actual concept, um, it's sad to say, I feel like it was around the end of high school where I really started to 
see that there was something wrong with my mental health and I actually had a mental health. It wasn't just me being in a state of being dramatic or being sad for a night. It really was um, something, a, a thing that I was going through and go through every day, but at a time where it was really difficult for me and that's what made me become aware of it wasn't around the end of high school. But how about you guys? I like what you said um, when you realized you had a mental health and it's like growing up, I didn't even realize like kind of what mental health was. And, um, but back to the question of like when I was first aware of the concept like of real mental health when I was younger um, and this was back in the Philippines. So this would be like the four, before I was 12 years old, I'm not like, I'm not remembering like the exact age I was, but my mom actually, she brought me to a therapist to talk, I think about like family problems, like she could see I was having issues and stuff like that. She wanted me to talk to a professional. Um, but then I was just younger and didn't understand the concept. So I thought that when she brought me there, I thought that she thought I was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, she thinks there's something wrong with me. And so kind of ever since that experience, I was like so turned off by anything that was like mental health related, like therapists or psychiatrists or like basically like seeking help. I really just like thought that she thought that something was wrong with me. And, but like AJ, like growing up, especially like maybe in high school, like grade 11, grade 12 is when I started to fully realize um what like real mental health was and that I shouldn't be like it didn't mean that there was something wrong with me but that I was crazy it it's like it's normal it's a normal thing and so yeah the first like first um like awareness was when I was younger when my mom brought me to the therapist but like um mental health for real maybe when I was like in grade 12. Yeah um I feel like I became very exposed to mental health and what it was like super early on. I think it happened around like grade seven, grade eight-ish. And it was like literally like a nosedive into the whole concept because I moved, like I was like fairly new to the country. And then like all of a sudden, um, it was this thing that was introduced to me and I literally I thought it was a joke at first because I didn't know what it was like growing up in the Philippines it like like you guys said like it wasn't a thing in the Philippines and then um one of my best friends in elementary school like she kind of like went through like a really dark phase and like she went through like a really dark phase where she was she wasn't taking care of herself basically and I guess because she treated it like a joke I just saw it as a joke also like I just thought it was like a personality trait because she treated it like that and then it wasn't until like high school when I realized that like mental health is like something like serious like it's not something that just like happens out of yeah um yeah I'm sorry (laughs) um yeah so like and that's when I in high school is when I actually like realized like what it meant to be able to take care of your mental health because um my experiences in high school definitely like um show like affected my mental health personally and yeah sorry 
Yeah, I can completely relate with that. And I feel like all of us, it's just, it's really unfortunate that we both or all of us just realize it at such a later point in our lives. But it's really nice to see now that more initiatives are taking place right now to educate younger youth on what mental health is. Like, for example, I'm actually a youth speaker for this organization called Youth Speak Canada. And it's just a bunch of people, um, I think, in their 20s that speak to children as young as kindergarten to educate on what mental health is, which is really amazing to see. And it just it's sad that we had to kind of discover it on our own through our experiences rather than it being taught, like how physical health is usually taught which is um, quite unfortunate, but I feel like I missed one of these prompts, which is what factors played into these experiences. And I feel like to just to briefly mention um, the reason why I guess I'm speaking here today and why I'm also a youth speaker is, yeah, uh, mental health is extremely important to me. And like I mentioned before, it was something that really wasn't as healthy as it should have been when I was younger. And I'm not sure if you guys can relate to this. I don't know how it is because I know you guys both grew up in the Philippines while I grew up here in Canada. But um, I don't know how the issue really is with bullying in the Philippines. But for me, it was extremely bad. And I think that's the reason why I suffered through a lot of mental health issues growing up, such as a lack of self-confidence in myself, um, just complete insecurity. Um, I went through... uh, a point of depression once in my life and it was all due to my experiences with bullying where I just feel that I was just always the person like the odd one out I just never fit in with my peers I was never the popular girl um, that you always see on in the shows it exists in schools for sure I'm sure you guys all know that and unfortunately for some reason in my school if you're not in that popular group you're the target of bullying from that popular group. And that's just a common theme that I experienced throughout my life, both verbal and physical bullying, um, which really sucks. Yeah, it's, it's shocking to hear. No, like when every time I tell this story, people don't believe me, but it's completely true that I was really bullied growing up. Like there was this one time where I was hit in the head with a textbook by this guy. Yeah, and I feel like that was the tipping point. It was happened in eighth grade. And that was like the tipping point for me where I started to spiral into my severe mental health issues where I was just such an aggressive person. I was just so insecure about myself. Um, like, like I couldn't even go to the change room like when I would go shopping with my mom like, and I had to like, you know, try on the clothes she wants to buy me. Like I would literally cry and beg her like, can we just buy it? Because I just don't want to see myself in the change room and see who I, how I look in the mirror. It was to that point where I truly had or felt that I wasn't worth anything. I had no self-worth of myself because there, there was that point in my life where I felt that I was just an object that someone can hit so easily. Um, so I feel like um, why I'm here today and why I f- am thankful to be speaking on behalf of what mental health is and the importance of it was because of those experiences. Um, but how about you guys growing up in the Philippines? What was that like? Um, I feel like for me, I never, like, realized my experiences, like, after, I mean, in the moment. Like, I only realized it after, like, way after 
um for example like like feeling left out like i never saw it as a thing like when i was elementary when i was in elementary school like i didn't take notice of it and i wasn't like too affected by it to a point like i don't know if that makes sense but it was after when i was in high school thinking about my past experiences where i realized i was like wait like that wasn't like a nice thing to do to me or like in high school my after my friend and i were talking about how i didn't realize how unhealthy like my mental health was um until after she told me like sorry i'm just trying to like process um so it was after high school so this was maybe like in first year um my friend and i were talking like my friends from high school and she was like yeah in grade 12 i could tell that you were in like a bad place she was like you never like you never like dressed up like quote unquote like i was always like in sweatpants i never like wanted to like look pretty if that makes sense um she said oh she mentioned this where um basically i got a haircut where i went to the hairdresser and i was like do anything like i don't care i just need a haircut but do anything and it was like a really bad haircut and i didn't want to face the fact that it was a bad haircut and i was just like oh no i'm good i'm good i'm good and even that affected my like self esteem um i was like i skipped like classes a lot and like then i just i didn't think of it as anything um but after the fact she was like you know i noticed all these things i just didn't know how to approach you but i knew you were in like a bad place cuz i could like she could physically see me like deteriorating if that makes sense um so for me i feel like my experiences i never realized until after like until like years after where i sit down and kind of like think back and then i'm like oh wait this affected my mental health i didn't even realize i don't know if that answered the question but yeah it did um i think in terms of my experiences um i became fully aware of it when it actually happened um it wasn't like cuz i was also i was bullied and i was feeling those emotions but i feel like it wasn't until i felt my support system around me breaking down until i felt like i was going through something um from my experience it was in high school and obviously like um high school is like a very tough time you're juggling like um friends and family and like schoolwork relationships and basically i was at a point where um everything i felt like everything around me was crumbling down um like i i just hit like a breaking point where like um school like i started getting behind in schoolwork as well as like the extra like the other extracurricular activities that i was involved in and like at one point i just like i just broke down in my room and this is a really dark talk thought but like i actually like i thought to myself like how would it feel like if i wasn't alive right now and um yeah i went through like that whole thing and i was basically like hospitalized <laughs> and then um it didn't get any better from there it just like as my world was crumbling down i just kept falling down this like deeper and deeper hole where like 
everyone around me just like stopped talking to me because I was being too emotional and like my teachers like basically stopped supporting me because they were they told me that I was basically using my mental health as an excuse to do badly and I was actually approached by like one of my teachers at one point who so who told me that I should just drop out of high school because it seemed like I wasn't focused on anything and then at that point it was just like I I (laughs) sorry um I just like, I felt so helpless and if it was like my lowest point, but it wasn't until like university until I actually like tried to rebuild things around me and be like, oh, like I need to start taking care of myself because when I was in high school, I definitely did not. I was falling down that hole and I didn't try to do anything about it. I just thought that hole was where I belonged because at the time, that's how I felt (laughs) and yeah that was my experience and oh my gosh I'm like shaking (laughs) I just want to reassure you thank you so much for sharing that but I want you to know that I believe that you really succeeded in getting yourself to such a better place right now just I think all of us can agree on that just seeing who you are and where you are now it's just absolutely amazing to see your growth into that and the impact that you're having on so many people and through sharing your story right now, the impact that you're going to have. So you should be you. proud of yourself for who you are today and how you were able to heal yourself from those experiences and be the person that you are now, which is someone I really admire. Thank you. Yeah, like, it's not like, it's not something I try to hide. I like try to tell people because I feel like I put myself in situations where people don't really understand where I'm coming from. And I'm just like, oh, wait, sorry. I'm just like overthinking right now. And I don't know if I can see the right things to you right now. So <laughs> talk to me later, like that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like hearing that story and then like seeing where you are now. I'm just like, oh, my God, like I'm so proud. Yeah. Like you're so strong. And like I've definitely like I think maybe felt how you were feeling then and to see you like come out of it like what I'm just like thank you for sharing that <laughs> it's inspiring to all of us really um yeah. yeah I can really relate to a couple of things there as well especially with just the whole environment of high school like I also experienced losing I, I lost all my friends in high school actually they all cut me off because they wanted to be cut or have their chances of popularity and they changed themselves in order to get that and become someone they're not just to be popular. So I did lose my friends as well. And same with teachers. There were a lot of supportive teachers, but there were also some where they just, they really just bring you down. Like for example, with my calculus exam, like I, I cried at the end of my calculus exam because I needed a certain mark to be able to get into U of T. And like, I was trying my like my best to hold in my tears, but I just couldn't help it. And my teacher literally screamed to the whole class, oh my God, Angelica, are you crying? Like, yeah, announce it to everyone. You know what I mean? So I feel like that is an underlying issue here in Canadian schools, to be honest. I feel like there's, I'm not speaking for every single teacher. Of course, there were so many people that I can, I, I, I'm so thankful that they were there to support me in my journey in high school, but there's also quite a handful that 
just really do not care about the mental health of their students and just disregard it and do not take enough action to prioritize it, which is really unfortunate and is something I've also experienced in, in high school in Canada. I think Actually, that's a good thing too, because like um, a lot of schools, like they preach about how they're always there to help you, but they don't necessarily try to do anything to like recognize the problem. Uh, like I know for a fact that like a, a lot of my friends were struggling in school, but they felt like they had no one to talk to in terms of resources, even though because like they there might have been like opportunities, but it wasn't like handled in the best way, if that makes sense. Yeah. But speaking about like what do you call this? Us being on the topic of like teachers in school and stuff like that. In grade twelve, I remember my teachers um, saying, because I'm in humanities now and like social studies. I remember my, they were very like STEM oriented there. And I think it was a math teacher who was like, if you go that route, you're going to end up at a McDonald's. And do you want that? And then there was another teacher who, who like suggested that I take a gap year instead of go and like go into a humanities program. And so, like, in grade 12, hearing that, I was like, what? Okay, so, like, I didn't want to, I didn't really know what to do at that point. It was like, they're probably right. But hearing that from teachers, it was just, like, it took a hit on my mental health. And I didn't even, like, realize. I kind of just, like, shrugged it off. And I was like, oh, I get these comments a lot. Because, honestly, I do. Like, when I tell people I'm, like, humanities, they're like, oh, so where's that going to get you? Um, but... For, like, teachers to say that to students, I was like, wow, because that, like, really took a hit on my mental health. Especially hearing it from, like, a figure of authority in your life, you start to normalize it and you begin to think, oh, if this person who knows so much thinks that way about me, then it must be true. Like, you get into that kind of state and it's really hard to, like, figure yourself out by yourself if that makes sense because I feel like we always we live through um other people's definition of herself mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I hate hearing that that stereotype honestly that anything outside of STEM won't get you anywhere that's absolutely false in my opinion and just like speaking from someone in STEM like I couldn't even do the things that you guys are doing, you, Shy and, and Jade. Like, I cannot write an essay for my life. I It's the hardest thing ever, like, in my opinion. So there's nothing easier about it compared to, to science and STEM-related fields. It's really, they're just different levels, or not different levels, they're the same level, but different fields of, of academia and just, you know, and just different topics of things. And I just feel like just because one is not science or math doesn't make it easier. You know what I mean? Because trust me, I couldn't survive in, in, those t- in that program. I honestly, I just can't. So I really admire you guys for your work in that. Um, but I guess through our experiences with the school system in, in high school and teachers and how that has affected our mental health, how do you guys feel about mental health in the Filipino community? Um, There's actually a statement here. 
there is a stigma surrounding mental health issues in the Filipino community slash within Filipino households. To what degree do you agree or disagree with this statement and how has it affected your mental health journey? Yeah, I think mental health doesn't, like, I, I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but it's not recognized. And I feel like if men, they have like a very like old school perspective on mental health where like they see it as like, um, what's that called? Like possessing, like a demon possessing you or something. You know what I'm saying? Where like um, back back in the day where like people didn't think mental health was like a thing. They just thought that like, some demon was like inside of you and the only way to like heal it was to just like um like praying to god or something i actually had an experience where like i was a very emotional kid and like i always wore like my heart like on my sleeve and i was always very expressive of it i might have been a little too aggressive when i was a kid also because like at one point i think i was yelling at everyone and then everyone thought that i was possessed by a demon and my Lola came and then she started like spraying holy water at me. And then <laughs> she was like praying to El Nino. And at that point, I thought it was just like me being possessed by like a crazy demon. But now that I think back about it, it's just like I probably had like very like unstable mental health at that point. Like it wasn't there wasn't any demon inside me. It probably just should have just talked to someone. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That reminds me of, like, like the whole possessed thing. You know, like, if people have, like, undiagnosed, like, for example, like, schizophrenia or, like, but like, like, an actual, like, mental disorder, and then they just, they're just, like, oh, they're crazy, they're possessed. Like, oh, my God, that's actually a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, oh, my God, what? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, why did that happen? But, um, but, yeah, but I guess it's because of the lack of, like, well, I don't know. I do. I feel like I agree with the chat in, in terms of like mental health is like not it's non-existent. It's like a concept that doesn't exist to them. Um, but like that's not my first-hand experience because like in my family, like in my household, um, mental health isn't stigmatized. So I think I'm very lucky because I do agree with the initial statement that AJ said um, that there is a stigma surrounding mental health issues in the Filipino community um, because I hear from my friends how like, you, you know, they want to seek help, go to therapy and stuff like that, but they're nervous to tell their parents or they can't ask their parents for help or for money for that um, because they're nervous of how they'd react and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think it's really sad. I think it is getting better, um, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I also do 100% agree with this statement. There is such a huge stigma in the Filipino community. And yeah, I think within our generation, it's getting better, at least what I've seen in, in Canada. But when I actually went back to the Philippines recently, I just felt at least where, where my mom's from in the province areas, it, it, it still felt kind of the same mindset that I grew up with. And another misconception that I always hear is that when uh, us, like our generation, we talk about this, we automatically, or our parents' generation will automatically get upset with that as if, like, there's always this excuse. I heard that me getting upset that they weren't 
emotionally there for me it's me calling them bad parents and that they didn't support me and do enough for me when that's completely not the case I can I guess we can speak for all of our parents as immigrant parents they did the absolute most to make sure that their child has a better a better life from what they had growing up but despite that there, there is still a lack, at least in my family, there was still a lack of emotional support. And another big thing I, I see in the Filipino community is that it's kind of like they're ashamed of, of emotionally being there for their child. Like it's something embarrassing. You know, they'd rather scream and just tell their child their ma'arte and move on from it rather than just sit down, hug their child and ask, are you okay? Tell me what's going on. Actually talk to me about what you're going through. And I feel like it's been much, it's much, much better now with my parents now that the concept of mental health is actually being more educated. And I've been using my voice to really speak on this matter. But as a child, I always felt scared to be able to say, hey, this guy hit me today with the textbook or hey, that these people threw my lunch all over the floor, which is another experience that happened to me. Like that, like, like a child should not feel ashamed to be able to open up about that to their parents and feel scared of what might be said back to them. But that's something I felt growing up being Filipino and it's it's unfortunate. But again, it was always stop being so ma'arte, you have to move on, that type of thing. Always just being called ma'arte as if it's just, you're just being dramatic and you're weak, you know? Yeah, like, I completely agree, but also, like, I gotta give my parents credit because they have tried, like, to understand, and I feel like a lot of, like, our parents, like, perspectives on mental health is credited to their own experiences of mental health, where probably when they were our age and going through the same things, their parents were being, like, stop overreacting, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're just gonna um give up on school and bring shame to our family like that type of thing because I've had these conversations with my mom because before like um whenever I was like too um emotional or anything she'd chalk it off to be like oh your app is being bipolar again stop talking to her like <laughs> you know what I'm saying Jane yeah, um like- <laughs> I thought like I grew up think I, I mean I've never gone to like get a diagnosis or whatever but like they would throw the word like bipolar around and I'm like wait what am I that (laughs) yeah but I mean to like that extent I have like I think a really different experience um compared to you guys and compared to like a lot of my Filipino friends um because I think I don't know but I think that um because my mom she actually moved here to Canada when she was 12 so she grew up here she went to school here and so I feel like that is kind of what made the difference. Like, maybe if she, like, stayed in the Philippines, my support system wouldn't be as great. Like, she's the one who, who like, pushed me to, like, get, like, professional help. And she's done it herself. Like, she's done, like, CBT, which is, like, cognitive behavioral therapy, I think. And um, she was the one who told me how much it helped her. Um, so I think in terms of just my, like, you know, specific family, I've... Um, gotten like incredibly lucky with them that they understand what mental health is and that they're kind of patient with me um so it's not like a like quote-unquote like typical Filipino experience Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that you were able to experience 
that type of upbringing and people being able to understand and under and just know the importance and seriousness of mental health and I feel like that can that that's basically what this next prompt is which is do you think there is a mismatch between the older generation's perception of mental health and the millennial experience and I feel like because your mom came to Canada at a much younger age and was able to kind of experience more of this topic being more discussed and talked about she was able to like have the the mindset that we have now being in Canada and what we've been exposed to as Canadians with mental health and I feel like that's what our parents didn't have and like Shai mentioned that's what they experienced from their parents as well so I think in the Philippines this is an intergenerational issue just being passed down on and on that it's it's only like we'll care if you if you got a cut on your arm but if there's something wrong with you mentally that's just you being ma'arte and that's something that we I feel like is our responsibility as this generation to try and cut off now and not allow to pass down to the next generation after us and I really hope that with our newfound knowledge of the importance of mental health that we're able to do that for the next generation so they don't have to go through the similar things that me and our parents' generation went through when it came to their mental health. Um, what you said about, like, the cut on the arm, I actually want to, you know how, like, um, mental health is kind of, like, an invisible thing, and physical health, like, if something happens to you, you can, it's visible, it's tangible, it's there, and so I think that's why, like, older generations kind of perception of mental health isn't there, because it's, it's invisible, and, like, each person goes through their own thing. And um, I don't know, it's just because it's something that they can't physically see that then to them, like the concept doesn't exist. Exactly. And that's why we can't fully blame them for having this type of mentality, because this is just something that, again, wasn't really seen throughout the years. And of course, wasn't really focused on and studied until recent times. And now that's why I guess it's up to us to really have them be educated on what this really is and how it's just as equivalent of getting a cut on your arm or even worse. And I feel like that I do have hope that that's now going to happen for the future generations, but it's really up to them taking that in and perceiving it and understanding the seriousness of it. And I really think that it's, it's going to happen one day and that there's going to be a generation in the future where this isn't going to be an issue anymore to work, of course, mental health will still exist and we'll still struggle through different mental health issues because it is health and it is normal. But hopefully the shame that comes along with it won't have to exist anymore and we can treat it as just a part of us and a part of our health and well-being. Um, so I guess the next prompt is, did you guys find any resources available or accessible to you guys? And do you think finding help is a privilege? Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> you go first. You go first. <laughs> um, in my own experience, I feel like resources are definitely lacking because um, there was this one time I was like mid-breakdown. Um, yeah, I was like mid-breakdown in high school and like I was referred to a, um, a clinic that was supposed to like um help me like with what I was going through and stuff so I was mid-breakdown and I called the clinic and I was trying to talk to someone and like schedule an appointment all that stuff but like 
I was crying on the phone, leaving a voicemail like three times and no one ever got back to me. And then when I tried to like go in person, it was always like, oh, we can't, um, we can't talk to you right now. You should book an appointment or like um, no one's available right now. You should come again at another time. And I felt like the only times where I actually felt like there was resources for me was during like emergency situations where I was actually like at the hospital like like I need help right now that was like the only time when like someone actually came to see me and like ask me like how to how I was doing and like give me like an assessment and all this stuff but other than being in the emergency room itself like I never got any or I never felt like there were any available resources for me Yeah, and I feel like this is something that we can kind of relate to or bring in with our current situation with mental health right now, which is from the institution that we're at. Um, I've never personally um, myself went to the um, the counseling uh, services that U of T offers, but I hear similar things that Shai has mentioned from other people who have tried. And say that it's just it's such a hard thing or it's just not accessible to really get to um like for example I don't know if I understood it right but if you guys open Quirkus I don't know if you guys see that single session counseling notification at the top that they're offering and it just kind of like upset me that it was just a single session as if dealing with the mental health issues that U of T can um trigger in someone can only be or can be solved through a single session with a counselor um and then I hear a lot of other things too where it's just there's just a a limited number of sessions you can have before you actually have to start paying for the UFT counseling services which I feel is 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 off is not off or it's just sad to be honest because I think with the situation that us students are in with the we're paying for so many things for tuition just our financial situations it's upsetting that we have to also be able to financially take care of ourselves when it comes to seeking help and it's also I don't I think it it can raise a lot a lot of equity issues with people who aren't able to afford those things and then there's just this divide between who gets the the help and who doesn't and I feel like that's an issue that um the institution needs to start addressing because as you guys know it's hasn't been a really good time for school and just for all of our mental health in general at uft i think it's not even just like affordability um because i like like you i've personally never been to like a health and wellness center like um or use any of uft's um like resources but I've heard like stories of how like it takes, like it's a really, really long process to even just get to speak with a doctor, I think. Um, like just like on Instagram, especially now, I'm seeing a lot of these stories and it's just like, it's, it's just so sad because you know that UFD has like, like the finances to kind of have a better to have, to like provide better resources and um um yeah but 
in terms of that though like Toronto in general not UST um I've been to some walk-in ones where um like I I don't think I searched them up like it was through my mom like she like she did the google search I don't know like where she found it um and I went to like two sessions maybe um I think it was called Sky Skylar Skylar I'm not sure um but it was like midtown like young and Eglinton area um and I found that to be a good experience like it was so quick to be able to talk to someone I I walked in they made me like fill out a form and stuff like that and then within like not even 30 minutes I had somebody there to talk to me um I don't like do therapy like I don't go to therapy now because like I just realized like that I wasn't fully comfortable to do that yet but I am covered um through my mom's insurance um and if I wasn't like like there's probably no way that I would go because it's just like that expensive um so yeah like I'm just lucky that my mom covers it if I actually like if I ever did want to do therapy again yeah I just it's such a difficult thing honestly the accessibility of it um and it's I it's I feel like it's just so complicated to really know the answer to being able to have these things accessible because I know there's just so many factors that go into it and just having you know like on a more systemic level having to be able to provide this and afford this but I feel like if we can do that for physical health having it open to everybody to be to be treated and taken care of I really think with our growing understanding of mental health and the growing urgency of it that it should be just as accessible um and I hope one day that it can start from an institution level, like like a post-secondary institution level like UFT. Really hope one day, but as of now, I really feel that it just hasn't really been <laughs> that great. But I want to like check in with you guys too. How, how have you guys, like I know we shared our experiences with mental health as kids and as, as um, teenagers, but now as university students, how is our mental health transformed or changed now in this university or academic setting? <laughs> Can we cut out that space? <laughs> Are you going to go? <laughs> Wait, you can go because I'm still thinking. <laughs> Uh, I heard you edit it right, Shai. You can cut. The <laughs> oh, yeah, Shai edits. Okay. I passed the baton. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What was the initial question? Like how, like, like from from our mental, like, uh, as, like in the context of being university students, or yeah, how has it changed from how we experience mental health as teenagers and kids to now being in university? What is mental health like now to us, and how? How, is, how have we been dealing with our mental health as university students, you know what I mean? Um, now that I understand the concept of mental health, like, like I think I'm doing better. Um, and I also now know that I can go seek professional help um, or that also I just have a good support system. I can talk to friends, I can talk to family. Um, especially like, you know, in high school, like, 
I kept everything to myself. And I kind of still do. Like, I'm a pretty close book. But um, but in high school, it was just like, I would not talk to anybody about my feelings or my problems. And, like, of course, but that took a toll on me. Like, I didn't even realize how bad it was. Um, even just talking to someone about your problems, like, even if it's not, like, a professional, like, to me, that really helped. And that's, like, something I know now, now that I'm older. Um, uh, yeah, I just think now I prioritize it. Um, and it's something that I actually take into account. Like, it's something that I, that it's, like, a goal for me, right, to have, like, a healthy mind and, like, like healthy mental health. <laughs> mental health. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. I I can say the exact same thing. Um, it's just nice now to know what my mental health is and how it's something so, such an important part of me that I now prioritize to take care of. Um, and like you said, too, with being able to talk to people myself, too, I couldn't even talk to anybody with my parents, my friends, I never even told my friends about my experiences with bullying growing up. I was just so ashamed of it. Um, but now I just realized that it's a therapeutic thing to do to be able to to not hold it in anymore. It's not hold in all of those painful emotions because it's just, it's not worth it. And you, no one deserves to feel that they have to just be able to consume all of that on their own and just think that it can just get better by not speaking and just, you'll move on from it. But um, yeah. Oh, I okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Um, also like now that I'm older, I think I don't beat myself up as much if I had a bad day and I didn't do anything, like if I was unproductive and just like slept all day, um, if I was in high school, I like, I would be so mad at myself for not like doing homework or like finishing my assignments or whatever. Um, but it's just like, well, I need a mental health day, like that type of thing. And I, I'm not mad at myself for it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like I definitely relate with both of you. Um, it's just like, now that I'm in university, it's taken a lot of like getting to know myself and what I need and like building, definitely building that like support network where I can just talk to them if I'm feeling like through whatever I'm feeling. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, just like leaning on my social network more than I ever have before and like um, trusting that they're always there for me because like there's doubts that sometimes people won't listen to you and sometimes people probably won't care but like you just I I try my best to like fight through that and like just let them know because at the end of the day they they care no matter what that like little voice at the back of your head say, says like they're always there yeah exactly and I think for those listening that's something um, us representing FSAT would like to reassure to you guys um, for those listening especially not or university students and others that I think that's just a huge um, thing that I'd like to take pride in and that we all probably do because of our experiences with mental health that and now realizing the importance of being of speaking up and letting out those emotions that we are there for you through anything that you guys are going through if you need someone to just to to relate to or to vent about things especially with the stresses of university
please don't ever feel like you have to hold that in and just deal with it on your own because you deserve all of the support that you that you need to be able to get through the struggles that you're going through and I feel like we can reassure you that we are there for you through that because we're going through the same things as you um even though all of us have kind of figured out or yeah or now navigating through this much better and figuring out the importance of prioritizing our mental health I honestly still do experience struggles with it especially on an academic level with the stresses and pressures of school um the late nights trying to get things done and get the best grades you can possibly get to get to your dream it's it, there's so much mental health um factors that play into that and it's a really tough thing to deal with and i feel like we can all relate on that level so just yeah. remember that we're there for each other through that but what were you gonna say shy yeah i was gonna say like that's the thing too don't be afraid to take that late late penalty yeah. <laughs> like it's it's like two percent that that's like nothing over taking care of yourself and putting yourself first like if you feel like you're not mentally capable of writing the best essay like don't rush yourself to make it to that like 11 59 p.m deadline just like take the take the deduction it's fine honestly thank you for saying that because i am a person that needs to hear that because (laughs) cry in the corner of my desk to reach that deadline and somehow try to make the perfect assignment or whatever before the deadline but I've been recently just like I've been looking at like the penalties I'm like you know what maybe I should just take it and kind of like calm down and take care of myself first because I'm kind of in like a puddle of tears maybe that might be more significant and important than this deadline you know what I mean obviously you have to have discipline with yourself and don't slack all the time and be irresponsible but because I'm sure you guys are all UFT students. I know you're not irresponsible at all from being in this institution. But of course, there are going to be times this school is going to bring you to those times where you're going to feel, you know, that you're, you ran out of time at one point, and you're kind of struggling and cramming to finish something. And that's when just take think about yourself first and your mental health. And yeah, just take that penalty just that one time and choose yourself first. That's the most important thing always choose you so I guess that can lead to the next prompt so how how do we overcome periods when we we become aware that we're experiencing an episode I think for me um, what I've been doing recently like I feel like this was something I was not good at as a first year university student because obviously you're transitioning from high school that does not prepare you for what university is at all so first year and second year I feel like with myself I did not take care of myself really well and when I had an episode I just brushed it under the rug and just tried to keep going like I had I remember my first or my second ever exam of university was psychology And I commute to, I commute one and a half hours and I stayed up till 6 a.m. studying for that exam and I had to leave at 8 a.m. to commute, which is not okay at all. Looking back at that now, I'm like, what, how the heck is that even possible or okay for a human being to do? But I was having an episode that whole night, just crying, cramming and just trying to get it, get through it and just ignore my tears, let my tears stream down my face as I try to stuff all this information in my head 
But now as a fourth year student, um, one thing I'm really proud of myself for now being able to do is that when I'm typing up something or studying and I start to feel my heart rate picking up, you guys know that feeling of just the anxiety of this, this deadline coming up or this exam and just your hands start getting clammy, you're sweaty and you start just, this panic is building up inside you. I, I now try to recognize that, shut down or close my laptop screen and just say, hey, give yourself 30 minutes to just breathe, calm down, slow down your heart rate again, and then start your work again, because you're not going to go through your work productively or effectively when you're having a panic attack or anxiety attack, which is normal to have. That's something completely normal that you're going to have as a university student, but it's not okay to still continue trying to do your work while you're in an anxiety or panic attack. You have to acknowledge what you're going through and what your body is telling you and just give yourself that little break to just get back to where you need to be to do your work again. But that's how I've been overcoming my episodes. How about you guys? Crying. I feel like (laughs) crying is like a really cathartic experience for me. Um, And so, like, I just let myself cry. But also, like, actual strategies for me. Um, I think, like, because, like I said, I'm, like, a closed book. I don't really talk to a lot of people about my, like, feelings. Um, uh, what I do now is, like, I write. So, like, I have a journal. Um, and sometimes, oh, my gosh, when I look back, like, I don't really go back and read my stuff. But some of them are, like, really long. And it's, like, chicken scratch. You can't read them. I was just, like so overwhelmed like I just remember writing like some of the pieces like so overwhelmed there's like tears on the page and there's like you know um but for me yeah writing has helped um I think I don't like this isn't like an actual strategy but just like not being hard on yourself and giving yourself breaks when you need them um I think yeah that's that's what I'm doing now but it's Still, like, mental health and, like, navigating mental health is still such a big, like, to me, it's still an obstacle. Like, I'm not a pro at it, you know. Um, and it's, it's literally, like, a day-by-day thing. Um, for me, a lot of my anxiety actually stems from, like, talking to people. Like, I get, like, th- when I talk to people, I get the little voice in my head saying, like, oh, they don't want to talk to you. Or, like, you're saying the wrong thing. You shouldn't have said that. And, like, I've learned to recognize it. And I know when I'm, like, overthinking or, like, being too anxious about something I've said or something I'm doing. And I just, like, try to fight through it. Or, like, I I just, like, do it. And then I distract myself from, like, thinking about the consequences of what I've done. And I've actually, like, started playing a lot of music. Like, whenever I'm feeling, like, nervous or shaky I just grab like whatever and I just start playing around with it it doesn't matter if it sounds bad but it just like it takes my mind off whatever it is I'm stressing about and also like just definitely like talking to my friends because I feel like they completely understand what I'm going through and they're actually the ones who are like shy stop overthinking that don't stop that (laughs) you know what I'm saying yeah I actually have something to add um my mom used to say this to me when I was younger or like to tell me to do this 
um, because my mood like can change really quick. Like somebody can say one thing and it'll rub me the wrong way, and I can like be in a really really bad mood for a while. Um, it's to count to ten and back. And before when I was younger, I was like, oh my god, that's not gonna work. Like, what? What's that gonna do? But now I've like I've noticed that I do that now. Um, and it does actually help. Like I just sit there and count like really slowly one to 10 and then back. And I think it like, it just like pauses life for a moment. And then you just think like, is this worth getting that mad over or getting that hurt over? Um, or is this just worth en- your energy, right? Um, so I think that actually like helped for me. Um, and oh my God, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, okay just move on I can't like remember <laughs> no, I'm actually gonna try that now um I've act- like recently I've been struggling with just being able to to get myself away from the stressor and just to to sit back and just let myself relax just by just through quietness I feel like the quietness recently with being in quarantine has kind of made it a bit worse for me sorry my dog just snored I don't know if you guys <laughs> he's right here but anyway yeah um being in quarantine I feel like the silence has just been another trigger for my mind to overthink like same with Nisha I am a huge overthinker um so the silence has really been kind of my enemy recently with me having all of these negative thoughts build up in my head so I'm really I think that counting method can really be really efficient because that's what's going to be the focus in your mind and that can just distract all of those negative things, trying to impede your, your, what's going on in your head and make your mental health worse. So I'm really going to try that actually. So thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> um, Sorry, I think one really big, like for us in this day and age also is a social media break. Mm. It's like just purge, purge your social media and just take step away from it once in a while, because I feel like a lot of like people's anxieties stem from that like the things that they see and like the things that they think about themselves like just constantly comparing yourself to others and the achievement of others can like Mm -hmm. have a really big dent on how you feel about yourself so like I personally like delete my Instagram like once every two weeks (laughs) no me too actually (laughs) need a break from that (laughs) me too I've gone like I think the longest was like three months without like like I deactivated like my accounts and I just like was like I can't do this right now and it and like it helped me I think mostly it was like it took up so much of my time just being on my phone mm-hmm. um and off, like I didn't realize like how much it affected me like you know seeing because you post like what is ideal on Instagram right so like when I see people like living this life or like seeing them be really like put together I'm like oh my gosh why am I not them <laughs> so like I think like deleting like social media actually really helps yeah so I guess with all of our experiences and all of the things that we shared today um and I'm really thankful for you guys sharing all of the stories that you guys had because it really did inspire me and made me so much resilience in all of you so from that what how do you guys think resilience or what does resilience mean to you? I guess for me, <laughs> resilience is um, bouncing back from 
something that tried to knock you down. And through all of our stories, we all experienced many things that tried to knock us down from our, from our direction, from our path. And I really just admire the strength that, because it takes so much strength to be able to pick yourself back up from the, from bullying, from, from insecurities, from um, self-esteem issues and from the, the pressures that UFT can have on a person. It really takes so much strength to be able to bounce back from that. And I think that's what resilience is and is something that we are all capable of. Another thing about resilience, it's something that I feel like isn't an individual thing, but something that is beautiful about humanity and us as people. And I feel like why we were able to bounce back up from that was or from our issues and our struggles was through our support systems as well, not just through our strength, but the support that people and important people in our lives were able to give to us. And I think that's such a beautiful uh, trait about humanity. And yeah, I'm just thankful that we were all able to get back on our feet from the issues that we went through. And I hope we can still continue to do that as we go through this UFT journey. What about you guys? Um, resilience, I would put as like surviving, surviving something and then like doing better after that. I don't know. I'm trying to think, but. <laughs> yeah, like I would say resilience is like falling. It's, it's basically just like falling forward for like, things will like hurt you things will happen to you but all you have to do is just like like aj said pick pick yourself back up and like use those experiences to um help you in the future and strengthen you in the future like guide you in the future that's just what resilience means resilience means to me exactly so with that being said do we have the wild card question next <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for for all of that. Sorry, before the wild card question, I just I just want to say it it was really it was really nice to hear that. Um, and thank you so much for for being willing to share all that you did. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words, so let's, let's just ask. I think it takes a lot for you to be willing to be vulnerable in front of different people because in a way you're almost re not reminiscing, but like recollecting experiences that weren't necessarily so happy and the strength you have to remember those and to move forward from them. Like within all three of you, like we can see growth. We can see that you are in a better place and obviously it's not like it's something that's fully disappeared from your life like you still struggle some days but the fact that you're still able to pick yourself back up even through all of that I think is really admiring um, and I think not everyone gets to have these conversations and it's very easy to feel like you're kind of alone in this situation so I think your willingness to share provides so much for other people because they know that they're not alone in this experience and that's not something everyone like it's so easy to feel like you're the only person in the world who's suffering so it is really nice to know that you aren't and that people are here to help you and that you can move on well not move on but you can grow and overcome these experiences 
Um, so really like, thank you a lot for sharing. I really connected with a lot of what you guys said and yeah. Um, so I guess to close and knowing everything you know now and through all the experience you've had in the past, like, is there anything you'd want to say to your past self um, or to those who are going through a similar experience right now? I guess what I would say to my past self, which is someone who didn't love themselves, who had no confidence in themselves, no idea of the worst that she had, I would tell her that you do have so much worth, so much potential, and you're going to do amazing things. My past self would never even imagine me being here speaking today on the struggles that I went through and how badly my mental health was affected. My past self never thought that I could be studying what I study, be um, the co-president of association, be able to speak to different um, school children at different assemblies. Never in my life did I think I would do that. I was always the girl that just hid in the washroom during recess and just seeing where I am now, it's absolutely, it's just, I feel like it is resilience. And I would tell her that you have so much self-worth and so much potential, and you're going to get through the struggles that you are going through as of now. And you are going to experience more struggles. You're going to experience more difficulties and things trying to knock you down. But 100% with the strength and abilities that you had to overcome what you overcame, you are going to be really successful and have a bright future ahead. Um, for me, if I'm being honest, I like. I think so much of my past self is still, like, in me. Um, like for the most part, I still think the way I did back then. Like, with, like I overthink. I have the same anxieties. Um, I think it's just now. I'm able to be realistic about things, um, be able to look at myself and be like, and understand that I am just overthinking. Um, but for the most part, like a message to my past self might be like that you're not alone. Cause I felt like, like when I was younger, I just thought that I was the only one going through this, right? Like, um, because like mental health isn't like that talked about I never realized that like people around me my closest friends might be going through the same thing or might have it harder or you know um I just like I just thought I was like alone in my and unique in my experiences but like it's the complete opposite like a lot of people go through what I go through um and then to look at them and be able to like rise from that then I'll take it as inspiration right so um yeah, I think the like the biggest thing is that you may feel alone, but like you're not alone. And um it's gonna be hard to to seek help. Um and to even just like sorry, to it's hard it, it's gonna be hard to kind of um like look to yourself and like admit that you are feeling this way or that you, you know, that you have these faults or that you have these anxieties. Like, I think it's hard to 
admit to yourself when you feel like something's wrong with you like I think for like my personal experience like like I didn't like because that whole like concept of that something's wrong with me that like like throughout like my childhood to like even like grade 12 first year I just thought that because I was going through these things that something was wrong with me but it's completely normal and like I think that's what I would say to myself I don't know Um, wait, I have to collect my thoughts. Um, I would tell my past self that like I like like AJ and Jade said, like you're not alone and there's so much more to you than what other people say. Like, um I don't think my past self ever thought that I would be where I am right now. Like when I was like back then I couldn't even like picture myself graduating or like ending up anywhere. So like I just want to say to like the me back then that there is like a brighter future ahead like there is like a light at the end of the tunnel and it doesn't seem like you can get there right now but with the with just like the love and support from everyone around you it's it's there you just have to ask for it you can't expect it to be given to you you just have to admit to yourself that it's okay to be vulnerable in front of others it's okay to show those like scars that you've been trying to hide from other people because they probably also have those same scars they probably also know what you're going going through um and like most importantly just like have faith in yourself and love yourself first and foremost put yourself before and everything else basically because there's nothing else in this whole world that's like worth sacrificing yourself over and yeah um i guess before we close i just wanted to say um you know like this podcast might end but we hope that um you know um we hope that like for you guys like FSAT or like the FSAT exec team we're all here for each other and I'm so so thankful um to have this support system among you know among all the other ones we have but yeah I just wanted to say that we yeah we're we're here (laughs) and thank you again for for sharing this um with us and um and I just wanted to say um like many people think, you know, maybe like, why, what, why is having this conversation important? You know, it's just, you're not making this grand gesture. Like I'm going to fight for mental health, you know, but like, you don't really know how much these small gestures matter until you're affected by them. Right. Um, even though it's one raindrop, one drain, one raindrop can cause a massive ripple. Right. And just because this is maybe one small raindrop, maybe would hopefully convince someone to maybe get help, you know, admit to them that it's okay to not be okay. So hopefully this episode was something to you guys and we hope to have more like it. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, can, I can do the credits.
Um, so thank you to Shai and Bell for editing this episode and JSYR on Spotify for um, our intro. That's it. See you guys in two weeks. See you. Wait, are we going to say bye? Oh, <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah, I think-